0: Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morrell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge your career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Jodie Spiteri-James, who is the professional development and events manager at the Australian Society of Authors. We're lucky enough that she's going to be talking to us about author mentorships. We discuss what type of mentorships the ASA offers, as well as who are the professionals that conduct these mentorships and what qualities they look for in the recipients of each of the mentorships, as well as how author mentorships can help further an author's career in general, and at what stages you should apply for them. Because it's not just when you're starting out in your career that an author mentorship can help your writing, it's even established authors, any stage of your, your writing career really. And she offers up some general tips for applying as well. And we also discuss what other countries have a society of authors. So you can look out for these kind of mentorship opportunities in your place of origin, should you be listening outside of Australia, which I know many of you are. So fabulous information coming up. So, in my author adventure this last fortnight, if you've been listening to the past episodes of the podcast, then you know that I've been busy working on and finalizing my two non fiction books, Freelance Writing Quick Tips for Fast Success and Author Fears and How to Overcome Them. I've been working on putting them into ebook, print, and audiobook versions. So, yesterday was the deadline. I was supposed to have all these formats ready and up online for sale. Yeah, in between my part time day job, and running errands and getting prepared for going away on our first caravan trip, which was at the start of March and was fantastic, to dealing with sick kids and keeping up with the podcast. And I have managed to get freelance writing quick tips for fast success into ebook format, which I have to say was the easiest out of the three. The print version I managed to do, I spent quite a lot of time on that and Definitely, print is not my forte, but I'm learning a lot. And I ran into issues as well. I use Vellum, the software, which is great for generating print versions of my books. And um, but uploading to, I'm doing the print books through Ingram Spark. Uploading to Ingram Spark, I hit issues. Issues such as the, there's only a couple of images in this book, but these image files were not the correct codes, I suppose, or. The correct ppi which is pixels per inch and dpi is dots per inch and that is obviously the ink spots so i spent time getting those correct and the sizing and you need to have your pdf file as it keeps coming up as pdf x1a 2001 and now apparently vellum is compatible with Spark now and should be generating PDFs that match that. And apparently if your PDF is this version, which locks down all the text and the formatting and stuff, it's quite technical. It should generate that way, but I've been having problems, so I've contacted Vellum directly because you can't just turn this version of PDF into... The type that they want online for free or anything like that, you've got to fork out well, you Adobe is a program that does this and I don't want to pay extra money for it if I've already got a program that's quite expensive that's supposed to do this. But they're very being very quick with helping me look at this issue. So fingers crossed here that I'll get that sorted soon. So the audiobook generally only have two days of the week where I can record audio when the kids are not around and the Barking Dog Next Door Permits It, <laughs> um, and I just those two days I've, I've managed to do, obviously, I, I've re-recorded the Freelance Writing Quick Tips for Fast Success book, and that luckily is quite a short book, short non-fiction is how we market these books, because they're they are very short, they're for the time poor. Person, that one's only about, going to be about an hour and a bit to listen to an audio, and it's only about 8,000 words, and then I decided to include a bit of the author fears and how to overcome them at the, the back of that, so I had to record that, spend time editing it, and for some reason, I don't know what has happened or whatever, I thought I'd exported it and saved it, and I cannot find this file, so clearly I have not done that. So I've had to spend time editing it again. Luckily, like I said, it's only small, but it still all takes time. And, you know, you have it's not, it's really not that straightforward. So self-publishing, it's definitely a skill. And I'm proud to have so many skills, I guess, in, in this. And it takes patience and, and all the rest. But I think once you get it and once you know, you definitely will become quicker at it and know how to work through issues and what needs to be what. And you, you end up finding your process. So you know this is a first for me in the sense of the print versions and the audio version i am happy i have to say with the the quality so i can say i i didn't complete my goal but i did make progress so i didn't get started on the author fears and how to overcome them ebook or I, you know I part recorded the audio but I haven't looked at the print versions either because I've been focusing on the, uh, these other ones so the goal didn't completely get com- completed but I did make progress and I'm really pleased about that and again instead of self-bashing myself that I didn't hit the mark I, I think what I've thought about what I did achieve in amongst all the other life-happening stuff and I'm pleased with the quality of my work rather than rushing. So if I've learned anything in these last nine years since rushing to get my first middle grade book out into the world, I've adopted a little bit more patience and I'd rather put them out there the best they can be. What's the point? You know, what is the point? So I will continue to keep on working on author fears and how to overcome them, these formats, and uh, only once I've locked in freelance ones. And I'll be happy to report you know probably not next time but the the next next time that hopefully these will be done and for now the children's fiction writing is on the back burner because like i said i'm just focusing on this one well more than one but this one goal and then i'll move on definitely the way that i work and i feel good about
1: it So
0: I hope you're further forward in your author adventure this fortnight and I hope any information I have shared might have helped you there. If you're loving all the writerly intel, the podcast or any of the episodes is bringing you, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash thehybridauthor. So that's about all the talking from me. Let's crack on with the episode. Jodie Spiteri-James has worked in publishing in both fiction and non-fiction for over 25 years as a sales director and managing director. After becoming a coach and specialising in professional development, Jodie trains speakers by assisting them to hone their message and become a powerful voice. Jodie is now pleased her two worlds of publishing and professional development have collided at the Australian Society of Authors, the ASA. She is passionate about assisting others to bridge the gap of their knowledge and go on to make a difference in the world. Fantastic. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, jodie
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Wow.
0: 25 years. That's amazing. How is it you came to enter into the publishing industry and then land a job as the professional development manager at the ASA?
1: Okay, so I was looking for something to do on a casual basis when my kids were really little. I I saw an ad for a merchandiser in uh, discount department stores and department stores for Pam McMillan. And it's kind of, you know, everything started there. That was about 27 years ago now. I then moved to Hodder and Stoughton, which eventually became Hodder Headline, and then lastly, Hachette. So that's Hachette today. My roles were always in sales and marketing and eventually I became the sales director on the board at Hachette. This was in the heydays of huge sales. We did this Twilight series which was massive and because we represented the UK Hachette List, we had a huge number of authors, really high profile authors coming in and doing big author tours. And of course, that sells a lot of books. Those days are gone now. Hopefully, one day they'll come back. I'm sure um, they will. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, fingers crossed. I left Hachette in 2011, and then I was managing director at Thames and Hudson for four years before I moved into professional development. I was out of publishing for four years working as a speaker coach and then I came back into the publishing sector three years ago in my current role at the ASA and as you said in my intro my two worlds collided and I just looked at it and went I couldn't be more lucky to work in an organization that is all about publishing and help and assisting authors using my professional development knowledge and skills so yeah all this wisdom that I have about life and professional development and publishing has come together in this role.
0: Wow. It sounds like fate really, isn't it? You're where you're supposed to be.
1: Well, wow, we're very lucky to have
0: your expertise. Uh, so we're obviously both in Australia and we were talking about the Australian Society of Authors. But does the the Society of Authors have international chapters? And if so, are, are you able to tell us if what countries are in these programs? And if not, are authors able to band together to, you know, start their own Society of Authors and fight for their own rights?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So there's similar organisations to the ASA in the UK, the US and New Zealand, as well as a number of other countries around the world. Each of those organizations works independently. So there's no sort of, you know, world governing body. However, they do get together occasionally for a conference. And that's every few years. I believe the next one is in a few months time in Iceland. Wow. (laughs) Do you guys join? Well, if we had the budget, we would, but we don't actually have the budget to send anyone to it. They don't do it online
0: these uh, days? Oh, yeah,
1: maybe they will this time, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, Before starting up something like the ASA, it would definitely be worthwhile authors checking if there is already an existing organization in their country because it's very uh, difficult to start up something like this. The ASA has been around for almost 60 years. This is the 59th year, 60 years next year. So, um, and it takes a long time to establish how to get it working so well. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Oh, incredible. (laughs) So obviously the Australian Society of Authors, there's many things I could talk to you about, but today's topic is author mentorships. Uh, So are you able to tell us what an author mentorship is and what are the various types that ASA
1: offer? Absolutely! So a mentorship is where an author is mentored by an experienced author or publishing industry expert to assist with polishing a completed manuscript to a publishable standard. We offer several types of mentorships for both authors and illustrators. So these include the first 10 pages mentorship, which is a three-hour consultation, on the first 10 pages of a manuscript that's the that's the first one the second one is an illustrator mentorship which is also three hours on a portfolio or a flat pan flat fa- flat plan <laughs> i'll get that out eventually <laughs> picture book dual mentorships is the third one And that's for five hours. And it's a dual mentorship because it's split between an illustrator and a children's book publishing professional. So that's a really good one if you are an illustrator author. And that's for five hours. Then we have a whole lot of other mentorships for authors who want to spend longer with their mentor. And these range from five hours to 30 hours duration. And all our mentorships, other than the first 10 pages, are based on time so not word count, but time. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Obviously, they're all different. They're three and five and however long hours. I take it that's not all in one go, is it? That's no. That's
1: out. yeah. That's right. So the way it works is the time includes reading time for the mentor. So the mentor might take if it's like a hundred thousand word manuscript, they might take three to five hours to read. Mm-hmm. Read what they need to read, and that comes off the time. So, the more extensive the work, the longer the mentorship needs to be. And if it's, say, a 10 hour mentorship, it might be that it's one hour of reading time and preparation time for the mentor, and then a series of online meetings, like they can use Zoom to discuss things, or it might be that the mentor writes a report and that might take another hour so then they in a 10 hour mentorship there'd be you know, eight hours left to do various appointments. And some of those might be an hour at a time and some might be an hour and a half. It really depends on the mentor and how they want to approach the problem that the mentee has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: um, so how is it the ASA, you know, the how do you determine who you choose to be the mentors, who conducts them? Is there is it like a job bulletin sort of thing that goes out? Or do you actually say that person would be great for a mentorship so, or is it like an app Application process for the mentors to apply and, and
1: yeah like a mentor sorry the mentee so the author the author or the mentee can apply for a mentorship via the ASA website and that's a very simple process there's documents that are required to be submitted one is the manuscript one is a, a statement to say what is it that they, they want to get out of the mentorship and then the other one is the plan that they want to have Mm -hmm. yeah so it's there's a number of I'm kind of stumbling a little bit because there's different things for different mentorships yeah so each one is slightly different how is it you choose
0: who who is the mentor though is it people who are member like publishing and author professionals who are Australian society of authors members and and Uh, apply to be mentors Okay. So how does
1: someone become a mentor? Yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So someone becomes a mentor with the ASA by an application process. There's quite an extensive form to fill in. We ask for references. We ask that someone has at least some experience mentoring other people. And we ask for some testimonials for those. They have to demonstrate that they have several years experience either as a published author or working in the publishing industry, you know, even if it's as a consultant or a publisher or uh, an editor, but they have to have quite a bit of knowledge about the publishing industry and work on one particular or a number of genres specifically. So the mentors that are the most successful have really pinpointed the type of work that they like to work on. And it's obviously, it's usually that if they're an author, it's the genre that they write in. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then that application goes to um, the CEO and we look at it and go, okay, yes, I think this person suits being an ASA mentor. And we also look at the gaps that we have. So like at the moment, we have a gap for a science fiction mentor because they're really hard to come by. Right. So that's a gap that I'm looking for. Last year, we had a gap for someone who did spy thrillers. <laughs> so I filled that gap with Tony Park. So yeah, there it, yeah, it works a number that- of ways.
0: That was going to be my next question, whether authors pitch you for specific genres of being mentors. But yeah, no, that's fantastic. Oh, great. So authors who apply for these ASA mentorships, how, how can they, how does it help their career to have a author mentorship?
1: Yeah, it's really an investment. It's an investment in a mentorship that not only elevates the manuscript that they're working on to the highest standard that it can be, it's also a way for the author's writing skills to develop by what they learn from their mentor. And those skills are transferable to the next book and stay with the author beyond the book that they're mentored on. So often past mentees will say, I Like Lucy trullo Lucy trullo last year, uh, two years ago, won the Barbara Jeffers Award for, wow. yeah, for her book. And she said, I put my skills, some of my skills down to my initial ASA mentorship. Yeah, that's fantastic. So obviously,
0: I, I would imagine most authors that put in for the mentorships are looking for traditional publication, maybe more at the end. They want to raise their work to a standard. It might end up with a publishing deal. Do you know of any authors that put in to just raise the quality of their work looking to self-publish have you ever come across that
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that obviously when people apply to traditional publishers, there's no guarantee. No. And there's no guarantee just because you've done a mentorship that you're going to get a contract to traditionally published. That's, a mentorship is not a guarantee.
0: Yes, no. So
1: just like a pitching event, you know, taking an opportunity to pitch isn't a guarantee that they're going to ask you for your work to be submitted. There's no guarantees at all. So, But what it does is it does elevate that level of writing. It does help with the skills going forward. And authors in the past have said it has totally kind of set them up for future, whether it ends up being a traditionally published book or a self-published, independently published book. At least they know and they can sleep at night knowing that they have the best book out in their hand or in digital format that they could possibly do. That investment is worth it.
0: Yeah. And learning from a professional as well, because we can get so close to our work and then um, having, you know, it's, it's fine to have it critiqued by another author. But then someone who's who's really out there doing what you want to do, they can really see it with the fresh eyes and, and help it, can't they? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So you're saying 60 years for the ASA next year. That's fantastic. I'm sure you're going to celebrate. Has, yeah. has the
1: mentorships been running that long? Do you know? the mentorships I think has been running that long Uh, obviously around 60 years ago um but yeah it has it has been something that has been going for a long time yeah Yeah, that's fantastic and are you able
0: to tell us of past ASA mentorships that have gone on to I know Fiona Palmer's one (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: Um, yeah um yeah absolutely Fable Parrot Mary Lou Stevens, Lucy Trelaw, who I mentioned earlier, Holden Shepherd, yeah, yeah, he's a WA author. Tammy Sussman, Melissa Manning, Amelia Mellor, Amanda Nyhouse, and Emily Bruin and Annabelle Smith.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a few. (laughs) Fantastic. Some great names there. Yeah. And so what what stage in an author's career should they apply for one of these ASA mentorships? Is it just aspiring or can established authors still put in if there's, you know, someone they want to learn from?
1: Absolutely. Established authors often do take on a mentorship and we encourage emerging authors to do a mentorship on their first book. There's numerous authors who've previously published and take up a mentorship on a later manuscript. And the reason for that is they may have structural problems that they can't solve. It may be an issue with the narrative or what happens sometimes is a publisher may request the material and then they might read the material and then they reject the work. And the author's thinking, well, they were curious enough and I've, I've dangled the carrot enough for a publisher to be interested, but then they're not picking it up. And if that's happened a number of times, then the author will come to us and say, I need help with working out what's going wrong here. Like obviously something's wrong because the premise of the story and the way I've set out the synopsis has created curiosity, but then something's letting it down. So that's often why an existing author will come to us for a mentorship. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And maybe if it's like a new genre that they're writing or something, if they've not got expertise from that as well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's, that would be another reason. Fantastic.
0: So, what are some of the qualities you look for for the recipients of each mentorship?
1: Okay, so with the qualities, so we've got a number of ways you can do a mentorship. There's two different ways. One is the ASA Copyright Agency Award mentorships, which are funded by the copyright agency and awarded to 20 recipients each year based on the quality of writing and the publishing potential. Then there's the ASA mentorships, which are open to authors who have a completed manuscript. So if you are if someone is applying for one of those award mentorships which we open up depending on funding from copyright agency we open those up in December January And uh, at the moment, so we've got the assessment period happening at the moment for people doing these award mentorships. There's a lot of people um, waiting to hear whether or not they've been granted an award mentorship for this year. And we've got assessors who are looking at that based on the quality of the writing and the potential. If someone is say unsuccessful at that, or they don't want to go down that award mentorship, way and they want to pay for their own mentorship that's an asa mentorship and that's open to anyone who has a completed manuscript the best time To do a mentorship is when you've done multiple drafts and you've done those yourself, you know, you've just gone, okay, I've finished draft one, let's go back and start again and do draft two. So multiple drafts and you've made it the best it can be based on the knowledge and skills that you have. It's always best to do a mentorship before you spend any of your budget on any external editing. So don't spend money on editing. If you're then going to do a mentorship and Mm, 80,000 words is going to be cut down to (laughs) 50,000 words. Yeah. So be mindful of when you do the, just don't do any editing until later. I'd also say that the mentees who get the most value from a mentorship are open to ideas. So these are the qualities. You've got to be open to ideas. You have to be willing to listen and take feedback well. And that's what you're paying for after all. So you want an expert to help you be open to what needs to be done and committed to working hard to implement those changes.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. Because in my mind, I was thinking, I would imagine you've done a few drafts, but more maybe the mentorships were for not the first draft, more of a first draft rather than a polished draft. But I suppose it's you've put your all into it. And like you said, it's coming up against things not happening for it, or you just don't know why or you need more after you've played with it for so long. (laughs) Fantastic. So have you got any tips that you can provide authors who want to apply for the mentorships? I, I suppose you just have in a way um, how they can make their manuscripts be the best that it can be, I suppose.
1: Yeah, there's that. But I've, I've actually broken it down into five. Yeah. So oh, great. <laughs> here's the first one. The first one is be really clear with what you want to work with the mentor on. So know exactly what it is that you want to get out of the mentorship and be really specific about that. The more that you can narrow that down and be really specific about what you want to get out of the mentorship, the better the mentor can help you. So that's the first one. The second one is ensure the manuscript is in the best state. It can be before you apply. So we've already kind of talked about that. But know that you have done the best you can and it's ready. The third one is keep the momentum So stick to the meeting schedule that you agree with the mentor. Do the work they ask you to do and turn up. Just keep turning up. Just keep doing the work and turning up. Number four, be polite and professional. Uh, Publishing is a very polite industry with lovely, respectful people. And we really want to work with people who are nice. So be one of those people that people want to work with. And then the fifth one and the final one is be willing and open to ideas and advice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have,
1: have, I feel I feel like is there is there people
0: that come on and kind of don't adhere to those five things you've you've said? Like they really don't? They maybe take it to heart the the feedback that's sort of coming or oh goodness.
1: Oh, in the in the three years that I've been at the ASA and been running the mentorship program. Twice I've had um, where not necessarily the feedback, it, it wasn't around feedback. It was a, more a personality kind of clash where the mentee said the mentor didn't kind of understand me. And and so more things like that mm-hmm. um, where expectations were unrealistic, because that's one of the things that I do initially is I look and go, are the expectations of the mentee yep. realistic and achievable? Yeah, yeah no, fair enough I think we've touched
0: on it before like the scheduling side of it but obviously you've got a time limit or time frame for these mentorships and then you get together with the mentor and the mentee and you work out the schedule is there a time frame for the schedule like they the um, mentor obviously doesn't want it to run on to say three hours to run on for six months
1: do yeah they, do they cap it do you know? Okay, so the way yeah, back? the way that works is when um someone applies for a mentorship. So say someone applies for a 15-hour mentorship, one of the questions in that application process is over what time period w- um do you have in mind? Now, the reason we've got that in there is because they the author might be working up to an award entry and that, or they might have, they might want to pitch it at literary speed dating. And they, so there might be a deadline that we don't know about initially. So in the application process, the author has that opportunity. I will look at what they have said and work out whether or not that's realistic. There is a kind of a rough timeline that I work off and that is 20 hours is over 12 months. So up to 12 months, not over 12 months, up to 12 months, it might be less. There's obviously a lot of work to be done on uh, and there's a lot of hours involved, you know, that even if you did two hours every two months and you knock off December and you knock off January, you know, there's a year and that that leaves time for work in between each meeting. So what, what we do is when I send the schedule to the mentor and the confirmation to the mentee, in that is the estimated finish date completion date of the mentor mentorship
0: so you get all the information from the mentor and then you're sort of um yeah try and fit it in
1: yeah and involved in that
0: way yeah wow and uh I guess obviously as authors and you've you've been successful with the mentorship would the because they've been successful though would the mentor already have an idea of what they could offer for what they perceived is wrong with it? So did do, do, do they take feedback from the author to for what they think they need help with and then they offer that advice or do they offer more of what they've picked up if it's different? Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I So the way it works is when the I have all the submitted material, I send that to the mentees first choice. So they have they sit they submit three choices based oh, right, off right, our right. mentor register. So they look at the mentor register and they say, I want to work with Ella Carey, Kate Ryan, or Sunil Badami. So they might list three. We ask them to list three. And then I get the submitted material and I send the submitted material to the first choice mentor and they can have a look at that material. They look at what expectations, you know, what it is that the author wants to get out of the mentorship. They look at a, a sample of the work. And um, they look at the author's bio. So in terms of what other courses they've done, how many drafts they've done, you know, that's the sort of other other material that we get them to submit. And then so the mentor or the prospective mentor will look at that and go, one, it fits my genre, which I've already checked anyway. Two, it sounds interesting to me. And three, their expectations are realistic within the time frame that they've asked for. Yeah. So, and then the mentor comes back to me and says, yep, I want to work with Sue Smith. Um, And then I put the two of them together. Fantastic. That's great.
0: And is it usually done um, like via email or Zoom yeah. and yeah. Email,
1: that's done by email. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow, well,
0: it sounds incredible. It sounds like a great opportunity. So yeah, I'm sure lots yeah. of our listeners will be very excited about that. <laughs> um, but the mentorship is just one way that you guys support authors. Um, you know, how, how can authors support the ASA uh, back for all the all that you do for us?
1: Yeah, well, the best way to support the ASA is become a member. The reason for that is we're a not-for-profit and it's the membership fees that fund what we can do for our authors. So we get very little government funding. Any government funding that we get, we put back into the membership, so running awards and things like that. And we get a small amount from our professional development program. And that's, that's how we keep going. So in return for becoming a member, the ASA advocates for authors' rights on such things as lending rights. And I know you've run a podcast on ELR, PLR and DLR. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm just starting to, you know, I've heard these terms before, but I'm just starting to come up against them, I suppose. Like I I did a writing degree through ECU and I've just recently been thrilled to know that as an alumni, I, I have access to their library and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then, I'm, you know, the other day I had to call them because there was a book i wanted but i can't get the ebook and i can't get the audiobook i'm not i'm not entitled to uh, view their ebooks because of their licensing their like their digital licensing rules and i'm just like oh my goodness like uh, yeah and i'm yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's a it is a bit of a minefield but one of the things that asa is doing at the moment is advocating for digital lending rights so that's That's an ongoing and very important issue. We also give guidance on rates of pay. So rates of pay for authors appearing at festivals, for appearing online, doing workshops, going into schools. I look after putting together those rates of pay. And we offer a free member advice service to answer any general industry queries. We run the professional development program, which has a discount for members. So it's much cheaper to join one of our sessions if you're a member than it is if you're not there's also a publishing consultancy service for members which is where a member can book a one-hour consultation with an industry professional with a specific in-depth publishing industry query so that's not working on a piece of work it's Something's happened to me and I need advice on how to sort this out. Yeah, something's going on or I don't know which direction to go. I don't know if I should maybe sell my rights for this and, you know, all of those kind of specific questions, author-specific questions, they can be through the publishing consultancy service. And we're also about to launch an author's legal service, which is where authors can use the service to have contracts checked, uh, go to contract issues. So that's very exciting. That's been a year. We, we run a service... A couple of years ago and we're changing the way we're doing that bringing it in house so that's very exciting yeah that sounds
0: extremely useful <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so that's um that's it really become a member um if people are interested they can join up to the newsletters that we have which are free you don't have to be a member to get one of our newsletters and all of that information is on our website which is asauthors.org so as as in australian society authors Dot org. That's amazing. Um what's your literary speed dating? I've always
0: wondered and I haven't been to anything like that. And I, I see it all the time and I'm like, I wonder what that is. Like I'm not single.
1: So <laughs> yeah, this is um becoming hugely popular and um it's it's massive now. We we it's so big we run it three times a year. And the way it works is we we organize being the ASA, we organize a whole lot of publishers and agents to be on a zoom call in three different rooms at once. So we have a schedule that we have a whole lot of people in a zoom room and authors can book a three minute pitch with an agent or publisher of their choice. They get two pitches per time we run it. So we can't have one author go in and book like all the sessions all the publishers we limit it to share it around because it's so popular Um, and then in that three minutes you are face to face on zoom with a publisher or agent and someone from the asa is there in the room with you organizing the timing and doing the introductions a three-minute timer goes on you do your three-minute pitch and the publisher then has a chance to ask any questions and then that's it and then you wait Um. You wait, wait. Not, not what I thought it was <laughs> completely. Now, that's a fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Yeah, it's been so up. successful. Every yeah. time we run it, there's a number of um, contracts issued. Yeah, so I bet. It's really great. And yeah,
0: just quickly, so obviously becoming a member is the best way to support you guys. Do You you have different member tiers, is that correct, for different individuals? Do yeah. you yeah, able to
1: tell us Yeah, how? sure. There's two different um, membership options. One is an associate, which is for someone who hasn't published a book, either independently or traditionally, that's an associate membership, and then there's the um, full membership, which is for existing authors.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And you've provided the website there. That's the best way to find you guys. So yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jodie, and your expertise. That's just absolute wonderful advice for our author listeners listening and exciting things that we can do to support you and
1: uh, get involved in. So thank you. You're absolutely welcome. And if anyone wants any further information, they are more than welcome to contact me at the ASA. And the best email address for that is programs. At asauthors.org. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Geordie. That was great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here and good luck, everyone. Keep writing and thanks, Joanne, for inviting me.
0: So, So there you have it, folks. Geordie from the Australian Society of Authors sharing some incredible tips on how you can go about applying for author mentorships. And since this interview was conducted, the ASA have launched their new legal service for writers and illustrators. It's called Authors Legal. So please, if you haven't already, go on over to their website and check it out now. On the Hybrid Author podcast next time, we have picture book author Sharon Giltrow sharing tips and tricks for gaining book reviews. Best of luck for the next fortnight on your author adventure. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.